Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Experts claim there is nothing tougher than a diamond. But at Diamonds Direct, we beg to differ. Have you ever met a mother? Strong, radiant, timeless. This Mother's Day, give her the gift that meets her match. With diamond jewelry starting at $200, plus Diamonds Direct's exceptional quality and unbeatable everyday price, you're sure to give her a gift that wows this generation and the next to come. Experience the thrill of jewelry shopping done right at Diamonds Direct. Diamonds Direct. Your love, our passion. Sick of being upsold at gyms? My guy, you're currently a base member. For $90 more, I can upgrade you to our Shred membership. For $130 more, you'll be a swole member. And for just $300 more, you'll reach Sweat Platinum. At Planet Fitness, you'll get energy without the upsell. Never pushy, always free fitness training and equipment for every workout. It's fitness that fits your budget. Join Planet Fitness for just $1 down and $10 a month. Cancel anytime. Deal ends Friday, May 10th. See Home Club for details. Um... Did you guys have social media? Were you guys like on MySpace? Yeah, we had MySpace. We were on it all the time. And um, that's why we that's why we would get in trouble in computer class because we would try to like log in while we were in class. This is Alejandra, Emery's high school friend again. During our conversation, we talked about who Emery was at home and at school. But one part that stuck with me was when I realized that Emery also lived a life online. Were you guys on a site called Techno for us? Yes, we were on that too. <laughs> what was your username? Do you remember? I don't remember anymore. <laughs> I, I I wish I could tell you. Did Emery have one? Yeah, techno? she did. Yeah, okay. she did. I was hearing from people about Emery, but I really wanted to find something from her directly. Some digital trace. I've already taken you through what a party was like, talked about how we were policed, and now I'm going to show you our digital reality. Because this era in the new millennium would change the game for all future partying. This was when how you showed up online started to become as important as how you showed up in person. And though we weren't doing it on purpose, we were showing our lives uncensored and on our own terms. The website that I talked about with Alejandra, techno4.us, or T4 for short, was an early 2000s social media site that was basically a giant party. It was just a way to connect with everybody. It was basically like a message board for party 
people. You know, you post your flyers or messaging. There was no such thing as social media back then. There was techno for data. It was mostly Latinx teens living in LA, messaging each other on T4. And the profiles were chaotic, filled up with colorful fonts and wacky spellings. The pages were plastered with tons of pictures of crews holding up their badges and girls doing cute poses. It's how we chose to stand out and get creative. I know this because I was a member too. Profile name, West Coast's Finest Mommy. I think I was like 14 when I jumped into my first chat room. I was amazed at how far I was able to reach people in different states. Other than visiting my family in Peru and in New Jersey, I didn't really get to know other places. And by chatting with different people, I was able to learn a lot. I had a pen pal, some white girl in Montana. I also had a different pen pal, a kid my age that lived on a reservation in Arizona. I met them in Yahoo Chats. That's just to say how much I was starting to live on the internet. And I wonder if for Emery it was like that too. I was curious and I felt like there were no limits. Amazingly, T4 is still around. So last year, I decided to check it out to see what I could find. I haven't been on there in, oof, 16 years. Okay, I'm recording. I made it to the Techno For Us homepage, which is still active. It's still black and blue like I remember. And I wanted to see if I could find Emery's old profile. Okay, let me see. Emery. Let's try tears. Let's try it. Let's try a few. On T4, people used their party crew nicknames. So I started with Emery's nickname, Tears. And then we can try Tears with a Z or Tears. Tears of a clown. All right. This is not her. I've never worked on a story like this that brings back so many personal memories. I'll try Ben Vicious. Oh, here's a Vicious Cherry. This is Cherry. I typed in Vicious because of Emery's crew, the Vicious Ladies, and I found the main head, Cherry. Cherry's profile picture has the Vicious Ladies logo on it. It's a sparkly pink and white Louis Vuitton LV logo that sits on top of the words, Vicious Ladies. I read what she wrote about the Vicious Ladies on her profile. Ain't nothing but a vicious thing. Repping them oh so fine, Vicious Ladies. If you were part of a crew, you repped it hard. This be the one and only fame malicious, repping for nothing but the best, Vicious, and then Vicious Ladies. Here we go. You got in contact with none other than Dead Sea, screaming Vicious Ladies to the fullest. Like to party and have fun and just chill. Finally, I found a picture of Emery. Here we go. Um, Destiny and Emery rocks. All the boys all day, every day. There's a picture of um, Emery and her friend Destiny. Destiny's page shows that she last logged on in the summer of 2006, a few months after Emery's death. R.I.P. Emery. Emery Munoz forever in her hearts. It's a tight shot of Emery and Destiny's faces. So it looks like a selfie, maybe with a phone or a digital camera. The lights above the girls are giant fluorescent rectangles 
the kind you see in an office or in school. They probably took the picture in class. Okay, so I'm gonna save this picture. One sec. Destiny T4. Save. We were unable to talk to any Vicious Ladies party crew members. We did reach out to them. They either didn't respond or declined to be interviewed. One told us through a friend that it wouldn't be of any use to talk to us. They did press right after Emery's death and her case is still unsolved. So going through these profiles feels like the closest I got to understanding the Vicious Ladies dynamics. Just like my crew, the Lustful Ladies, they gave each other shout outs posted pictures of their friends, and repped their crew to the fullest. In the end, I couldn't find anything from Emery directly. But it did take me back to that time, that world. T4 feels like this digital ghost town, like this online version of Pompeii. All these profiles were frozen in time, capturing this new era of the internet where we could express ourselves online without supervision. And it was like that for me too, until it wasn't. My first long-term relationship was with a high school boy I connected with online, but the relationship wasn't exactly what I expected. Once upon a time, I worked at In-N-Out in the city of industry. And I remember one day, my boyfriend and I had gone into a fight. I don't really remember about what. And he just showed up at my job. He wanted to make up or something like that. But when he walked up, I was chatting with my male coworker. And my coworker made a joke and I laughed. It was very normal. And my boyfriend saw me laugh. He made a face and he just turned around and stormed out. And I got really stressed out. From the very beginning, my boyfriend was really possessive. He didn't really want me to have guy friends or even girlfriends who he felt got in the way. He would call me at all times to make sure he knew what I was doing. And if I wasn't paying attention to my phone, I'd come back to it and have 30 missed calls. He was controlling about everything, including money. Like he asked me to co-sign his car lease. I started to get afraid of what he would do with all the information about me. Sharing the story, I find myself getting protective over my younger self and over all the other women that have found themselves in my position. It was really embarrassing and a cycle I couldn't break at the time. I was scared that he would see a compliment someone left on my MySpace page or a photo of me with a guy on my T4 profile and we'd have more fights, which could lead to a full day of crying. So one day... In 2006, I sat down, pulled up all my profiles, MySpace, Facebook, techno for us and one by one, I deleted everything. All my photos, my posts, my friends, my party crew years were gone. Looking back now, those are the memories I wish I had. As I was looking for traces of Emery on Techno for Us, I realized that maybe I could also find traces of that time in my life online. That's after the break. 
There's no distance too far for the perfect trip. Hi, checking in for... Or the perfect table. Hey, where are you? Coming! And when you get access to Resi Priority Notify with your Amex Platinum card... Hey, this looks amazing. I'm so glad you made it. And travel benefits at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. It's worth the trip. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, girlfriends. It's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I do have a few images that I printed out and stored in an album. But otherwise, the only pictures I have from that time are with family, pictures with friends at school, and that giant portrait my parents have of me in their living room from my quinceañera. It's like the good immigrant daughter version of me has survived enshrined at my parents' place. But this other curious and more complex person I was growing up is mostly gone. But maybe, somewhere in the techno-for-us digital Pompeii, there is something from my past I can find. And if there's one person who could help me, it would be this man. How do you explain, you know, a Facebook uh, before there was a Facebook, uh, a MySpace before there was a MySpace? You know, this was very L.A. This was just very L.A., very teen-centric. This is Rigo Rojas. He's the actual founder of Techno For Us. For me, this is as big as meeting Tom from MySpace. I actually can't log on to my old T4 profile. I don't remember the password and don't have access to the old email address. So I was hoping Rigo could help me access it again. 
But first, I had so many questions for him. I was honestly shocked when I found out that he was Latino and from L.A. Because nowadays, I feel like it's rare that a social network be tailored to a specific community and founded by a member of that community. The site wasn't anything fancy. The idea was that you could connect virtually with people you met at parties in real life. It was just a profile with, uh, with messaging. Uh, that's, that's really it. And, and the theme evolved on its own to where, you know, she went to a party and, and you wanted to connect with some of the people that were at that party or, the, or that are going to be at the next one. You just use techno. But it was never Rigo's plan to make a social media site. He kind of stumbled on it. Oh, your home is very lovely. Thank you. It's a lot of effort to keep it disorganized. There's, there's water. Thank you so Anything much. else you may want, it's, it's available. Rico and his family came from El Salvador when he was eight years old in the 80s. They settled in the North Hollywood area. In the mid-90s, Rigo became a student at Cal State University Northridge, not far from where he lived. He was a Chicano studies major. I was uh, working in music, right, I was, as, as a hobby. You know, there's new software coming out, new, new devices, samplers, synthesizers. And you become very good at it, connecting the, thing, the machines, and you become the technical guy in, in your group of friends. This is in the late 90s, right? The internet bubble is, it's, you know, it's building up and pe- people are excited about things. Regal was on the internet in a time of dial-up connection when images took forever to load. No tweets. None of that ease and lightning speed we're used to now. But he still found a way to communicate. Message boards were, were popular, right? So I followed one, the Power Tools music board, right? There you go, ladies and gentlemen. Bad Boy Bill, hot mix number 14. It's Power Tools right here on Power 106. Humpty Vision, the Rock. Like many young Angelinos at the time, he tuned into this radio show called The Power Tools Mix Show on Power 106. Lots of house, techno, and EDM. I'll be in the mix up next. Humpty Vision, Bad Boy Bill in the mix all night long right here on Power Tools. They also had a message board where people would discuss and learn about new music. Was that your first time kind of seeing that interaction with different people and not the same physical space? Um, it, it, you know, it, it showed me that, that people can be very passionate about something. The audience can communicate with each other and, and have a voice in, in how to interpret the music. So he had an idea. He and his DJ friends realized... We needed a, a website to promote our music. Rigo had an interest in music and tech, and he wanted to know if he could make a website himself. In March of 2003, five months before MySpace launched, he purchased the domain name techno4.us. He paid $75 for two years. Then he spent the next three months building the site. What was your visual design idea for the website? Um, I wanted a dark site with uh, a bright contrasting color, right? So it's black and a brighter blue, sort of like that Dodger blue. Members didn't have to put any information except ASL. 
age, sex, location. My favorite thing, though. So that's where a lot of a lot of them could customize their 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 profiles. Uh, again, a very amateur mistake was I didn't take away their ability to inject code. So it was a mistake that that worked out in, in my favor because now people wanted to change their code. We could customize our profiles any way we wanted. Imagine if you can change the colors of your profile page on Instagram or have your favorite song play when someone visits your profile. That's what T4 was like. So I'm creating this site by myself, writing code, and but there's no point to it. There's no audience to it. By the summer of 2003, the site is live. But it still didn't have an audience. Regal was trying to figure out how to promote it. And seeing, you know, the Power Tools message board is like, well, can I be that? Can I create that? Or can I make it better? One promotion idea he had, and this is how you know it was early internet, was to tell people about the website at a party in person. He had a friend that printed flyers, like party flyers, and he put T4 on one of them as a favor to Rigo. So in July of 2003, Rigo attended the party. And it wasn't like the parties that played house music that he was used to. This is in, in South Central LA. It's a backyard party on a Friday night, summer night. You know, it's hot, you know, and people are listening to loud music, right? They're teenagers, they're high school kids. Regal was new to this generation of flyer parties. You know, they, they're wearing these these tags, these, these, these laminated tags with their crew name and, and their name. Latino kids dancing to reggaeton, right? Reggaeton and, and hip-hop. But I'm here trying to promote a, a techno site, right? So I'm like, like ah, is this going to work? Maybe at the end of the party... The DJ would play a little house music, a little electronic music. But it wasn't about that. It was definitely just hip-hop and reggaeton were dominant. The fact that Rigo bought and promoted a URL called Techno For Us, just for it to become the social media site for kids like me who liked hip-hop and reggaeton, is just so funny to me. And also, such a marker in time for me as an Angelino and a millennial a time when the popular music among the youth shifted and a time when our world became more digital and interconnected. Slowly, T4 started to spread in the party crew scene. You see the logos on flyers and people were curious, so it drove some traffic to the site. But the site would really get attention when Regal began attending the parties with his camera. People are happy to post with, for their picture. And they start asking you, hey, take my picture. He'd select around 50 pictures from the party and post them on the site a few days later. Girls wearing matching outfits. Guys showing off their badges. People start asking, hey, where are the pictures? I'm like, okay, hold on. Let me, let me work on them. So, you know, you, you, you pick out the best ones, you edit them, and you put them up. And the pictures start being shared everywhere. Right. And, and the membership starts going up. People were always looking for a good picture, whether it was to upgrade their profile pictures or just save them in an album. And Rio could see who wanted to see those pictures. So 
you start seeing, you know, different plots on the map and it's red hot in LA, right? And it's like, wow, this is an LA thing. But wait, there's a group in Texas. How did that happen, right? So, so well, people from California have friends in Texas, right? And they share it. They see a group of people, they join, and now they start building community. I was logging on all the time, even at the school library during lunch or last period, just to get on T4 and message with my friends online. You get to the point where LAUSD blocks the site because the students, they're going into the library, they're going into the computer lab, and they're just on the site talking to each other. And and we get blocked. Okay. Do you know what high schools did that? Every every school throughout throughout LA. (laughs) All the high schools. We were blocked at the district level. We can't confirm this, but I remember MySpace was blocked at my school by the end of my senior year. What was the moment where you were like, "Oh shit, this is getting bigger than I thought"? Um, when the the servers begin to crash because there's just so many people trying to log in. In 2003. The membership went up from 50 to over 600. In 2004, the year I joined, on average, there were 1,600 members online at the same time. In December of 2005, around the time that Emory would have been a member, there was on average over 3,000 members online at the same time. T4 peaked in about, at about 2006, 2007. And we're talking about maybe 25,000 people a day. Um, you know, four to 5,000 people at any moment. And Rigo was making a pretty good living off T4. I never went into my college career because of T4, right? So the work I did on T4 derailed anything to do with, with Chicano studies. I was going to be a, an activist. I thought, let me change the system from within. You know, let me, let me go work in immigration services. Let me go work in social services. I took one interview in in that, and and I didn't even respond to anything, any follow-up on that, because I was already working on T4. I mean, in a way, you still, like, maintain the community aspect of, like, activism, you know? I understood what was going on, right? And I, I understood, you know, the way that these kids wanted to express themselves and have fun. Rigo still keeps T4 running. He says it costs $100 a month to keep it going. He keeps it running for himself and for the handful of people that continue to log on. I have a, a very tiny platform that, that has an incredible loyal following, right? I mean, you go in there now and there's 45 people on. I went in there last night. There was 44. There you go. I'm exaggerating. <laughs> I was just like, I'm exaggerating, what? right? <laughs> I was just, I was a little shocked, to be right? honest. You have people that that we're, we're at that first party. I can think of one person that was at that first party that's on there actively. It provides a very basic service, which is people connecting, right? People will always need to connect to people. And that's why all these social media sites are successful. Our digital footprint will last as long as we want it to. Our digital footprint will last as long as we want it to. I chose to delete mine in 2006 when I did that whole purge I mentioned because of that controlling ex-boyfriend. 
And as I continue getting older, it's hard to reconcile that a lot of us may never get it back. It feels like such a loss that I can't access my old profile to see if it's even still around. But after talking to Rigo, he does me a favor. He reset my password so I can log in. So let me log in. One sec. That's after the break. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh my, look at that, he is! And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher. I'm so excited to tell you about the brand new series of The Girlfriends. In season one, we told you about the murder of Gail Katz at the hands of my ex-boyfriend, Bob. At one point, a woman's torso washed up on Staten Island and was misidentified as Gail. She spent nine years in Gail's grave, and then she just disappeared. It's almost like it's become this moral obligation to find her. And that's what we're going to do. Find this missing girlfriend and tell her story. With the help of some of your favorite girlfriends from season one, like my producer, Anna. Oh, my God. My friend, Dr. Mindy Shapiro. Hi, it's Dr. Shapiro, and I'd like to speak with the deputy medical examiner. And of course, Gail's sister, Elaine Katz. Having no closure, it kills you. Join us as we try to solve a 35-year-old cold case. It's not going to be easy, but it's going to be one hell of a ride. (gasps) What? I can't believe this. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. In the recent history of documentary filmmaking, one scene stands out above all. The hot mic bathroom confession of Robert Durst in The Jinx. Now the person responsible for that moment, Sereb Kaufman, stepson of the victim, friend of the murderer, star of the documentary, for the first time ever, shares why he believes you're watching the furthest thing from the truth on this exclusive episode of Murder Homes. Listen to Murder Homes on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, I found my profile. I recorded myself going through my profile for the first time. And it instantly brought me back to 2004. Um, It's a picture of me. I'm pretty sure I was not 18, but I made myself 18 at the time. My profile picture was not one of me at a party. It's a picture I have printed out somewhere. But it was still wild to see it online. Um... I'm in high school. This was taken. (laughs) I was probably like 17, I think. I'm wearing like a sparkly pink rhinestone heart necklace and then wearing hip hugger pants with a hip hugger belt. That's like a silver chain uh, with another 
pink rhinestone to heart. Um, I know I should have uh, kept that belt because apparently I could probably sell it to Urban Outfitters for like $100. Um, so it turns out I still have my profile picture. Yeah, I was 17. But I must have deleted my layout when I deleted all my other social media. My profile was pretty bare. It was just the basic black background with that Dodger blue lettering. But my profile did offer some information. It says, asks for your gender. I have female, city. I put Roland Heights. A member since, and it says June 27th, 2004. Profile hits. I've had 12,048 profile hits. And my last login was July 10th, 2006 at 1.27 a.m. The last time I logged in was when I deleted all my other social media profiles. I clicked around the page to see if there was anything else. And I found my journal section. Did I ever use a journal? Oh my God, how embarrassing. <laughs> um, oh my God, this is so embarrassing. There were three whole entries. Okay, it says here, the first journal entry I wrote was July 17th, 2004 at 5.17 a.m. Gosh. And I wrote, hmm, well, it's about 5.08 a.m. and I'm up, exclamation points, too. LOL, dot, dot, dot. I've been thinking about stuff lately, but yeah. Damn, it's 5.11 now. LOL, I better get in bed. So my mama doesn't get all mad and shiz. Hee <laughs> hee. For now, I'm out. Ciao. Mwah. I ended up writing more in that same entry. Damn, the drama. Fuck the haters. We gotta just live life. But sometimes, you know, I wish there was someone I could come home to. Because <laughs> the game gets old after a long while, LOL. Trust me, been there, done that. All right, for reals, I'm outros. I have no idea what I was, who I was writing about. <laughs> the game gets old after a long while, how embarrassing. There was another journal from July 28th, 2004. Um, okay, I wrote, Ah, I finished making the tags and I'm freaking bored. La, 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 la. Well, let's see. Um, nothing, I'm out. Lustful ladies leaving this mofo. I think a lot about how easy it is to delete our memories by mass clicking or highlighting an entire page of code and pressing one key, delete. It felt less ceremonial than burning physical images or tossing an entire album of pictures away. I guess that's why it felt painless at the time. But what I didn't realize was how permanent one click can be. It's more than old photos. Looking through it, T4 is really an archive. It's not organized or easily searchable, but you can see firsthand accounts of how we lived. It seems like Emery's profile is gone. She didn't leave a digital footprint behind, at least one that I could find. But I can't help but wonder, did she delete it herself? What was her reason? Was it a way of protecting herself like I had to? And losing her profile, it isn't just a loss of her photos or her words. It's another missing layer of who she was what her world looked like, what she felt. Now it's up to other people to fill in the blanks. And I feel an obligation to try, 
Because when it comes to subcultures or to communities of color, especially young women of color, historically, it's often up to us to remind the world that we exist. While I couldn't find anything online that hinted at what happened to Emery, a few months into looking at her case, we met someone who thought he could help Emery's family. After hearing them speak and giving me some insights as to what happened, I do believe there's additional investigation that needs to be conducted. And for the first time, we hear from Emery's parents. Like I said, I, was, I wasn't there, you know, like the way I wish I would have, I was. And, um, you know, she was, she, was a, she was a happy child. And I know she would cry and say, where's my dad? Where's my dad? Because I wasn't there. That's next time. This episode was written, reported, and hosted by me, Janice Yamoka. Our show is produced and reported by Sofia Palisacar, Victoria Alejandro, and Kyle Chang, and edited by Antonia Cerejido. Additional editing by Carolina Hidalgo and Annie Aviles. Fact-checking by Nidia Bautista. Sound design and original music composition by Kyle Murdoch. Our supervising producer is Janet Lee. Art by Julie Ruiz and Victoire Collon. Our executive producer from Vice Audio is Kate Osborne. Our executive producers from LA Studios are Antonia Cerejido and Leo G. Our vice president of podcasts from LA Studios is Shayna Naomi Crocknell. Special thanks to the UCLA Department of Communication Archive for access to their news collection. Party Crew's The Untold Story is a production of LA Studios and Vice Audio in partnership with iHeart's Michael Fura Podcast Network. For more podcasts, listen to the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. And hey, were you in a party crew? Send us your party flyers or photos. I'd love to see them. Even a voice message about your memories, anything. You can send us a message or a picture at partycruise at eliastudios.com. Support for this podcast is made possible by Gordon and Donna Crawford, who believe that quality journalism makes Los Angeles a better place to live. This program is made possible in part by the Corporation for Public Broadcasting, a private corporation funded by the American people. Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Life's better with American Family Insurance. Because our home policies help protect your dreams and come with peace of mind. Save up to 25% by bundling home, auto, and life. American Family Insurance. Get a quote, find an agent at amfam.com. Products not available in every state. Discounts may not apply to all coverages on an auto or home policy. Discounts do not apply to life insurance policies. Visit amfam.com to learn how discounts may apply to you. American Family Mutual Insurance Company, S.I. and its operating companies, American Family Life Insurance Company, 6000 American Parkway, Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, girlfriends, it's me, Carol Fisher, back with another season of the global number one podcast, The Girlfriends. Last time, we investigated the murder of Gail Katz. This time, we're uncovering the identity of the woman who was buried in Gail's grave for a decade before she disappeared. 
join me and the rest of the club as we tell her story. Listen to season two of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.